0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton.
1: Uh, Our guest today is Chris Itna, uh, who chairs the accounting department at Wharton. Uh, We are speaking with him about a paper titled Cost Management in the Digital Era, which he co-authored with Omar Aguilar of Deloitte Consulting. Uh, Chris, welcome to Knowledge at Wharton. It's great to have you here
0: with us today. Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, this is a very interesting paper, and, and and you write in the paper that cost management has become a competitive necessity. Uh, but why have companies changed their approach to cost management from being a defensive measure to something that's much more proactive?
0: Well, traditionally, and again, if you read the newspaper, the only time we ever hear about cost management is when a company is in trouble. We're going to lay off workers. We're going to close manufacturing plants. In truth, what we find, and, and I've done this work with, with Omar from Deloitte, um, Most companies now, the primary reason why they're doing cost management has nothing to do with we have a cost problem that we need to deal with. What they're trying to do is free up resources and take that money and reinvest it in the firm. And in finance theory, it's actually cheaper to generate your own cash and go out and borrow it. So what lots of them are doing is using cost management right? Let's get rid of inefficiencies in our process. Let's take all the extra money we have there and let's use it for growth. So it's a very different way of even thinking about cost management than we've ever done before on that. Given now that we're using it as a strategic lever as opposed to just a defensive response to I'm in trouble, that opens up all new strategic spaces for using cost management. It's no longer just a reactive tool. It really is a proactive way of making yourself more competitive in the global environment.
1: So I think Deloitte did a, uh, did, a uh, did a global study on this. And what were some of the key findings of the, yeah. of the study? Deloitte
0: has done their, they have a biennial global cost management study. And we analyzed the data on that. Um, we find things like, if you're really going to make cost management effective, make sure you've got a good strategic reason for doing this. I mean, it could be the case that, yes, I, I have a, a problem I have to solve and I have to cut costs. If that's really imperative, yeah, you are going to cut costs, right? On the other hand, I've got a strong strategic imperative that I need to cut costs and then reinvest it. That also appears that those are the two two groups that actually hit their toss targets. Most companies that actually do cost management, according to Lloyd's survey, don't hit their cost targets. They don't even get close to it. But if I got a strong strategic imperative, obviously, if I need to cut costs to stay in business, I'm going to do that. If I'm using this and I have a strong imperative to grow, those companies also tend to hit their cost targets, but they're also the only ones that also at the same time grow their revenues on it. The people that do not do well at all, it's kind of, I'm going to do cost management, but I really don't have a real strong strategic imperative to do it. That's one thing we find. Other things, it makes a real big difference who's in charge of this. The higher in the organization you make in charge of the cost management effort, the more likely it's going to be strategic and sustainable. So it's going to be much better if you've got a CEO responsible for this or a major division head, as opposed to pushing this down and it looks like just an operational improvement you're trying to do. Finally, a real big thing is, what information systems are we putting in place to support this? Which brings up the whole notion of this digital, that what we find with the survey, the people that have actually hit their cost targets and actually saved more money – are the ones that have put in new digital technologies. They're putting better forecasting systems in place, better budgeting systems. And the big things we're seeing is it, using things like artificial intelligence and machine learning to try to understand our cost structures better, to try to optimize what we're doing. But even more than that, with a lot of the digital that we have now, you can completely transform the way you do business. So, so here's, here's a simple example, would be software as service. Traditionally, we've always had a big IT department. Well, there's a huge fixed cost we have. But now what I can do, I can go in cloud computing. I could use software as service. I'm only paying for what I use. So by using digital, I can completely change the cost structure of my organization. So it's not just a way of optimizing your current operations, which a lot of these tech, digital technologies can do. How can I just kind of completely think outside the box in terms of how I deliver products and services to my customers? And what does my cost function look like?
1: Right. Now, all these are really interesting findings. I'd like to sort of tackle them uh, uh, one by one. Sure. Well, Some of the data that I found really interesting, especially in terms of the responses of some of the Chinese companies that took part, was just 35% of the Chinese companies were able to hit their cost reduction targets. And if you look at the companies that both were able to cut costs but also increase their revenues by at least 10%. That number was even lower with just about 12%. What are some of the reasons for that?
0: Well, I mean, this is true worldwide. It's not just Chinese companies. And the reason we're talking about Chinese is because this was written for a, a Chinese journal. Right. But across the board, what you see is the percentage of companies that actually hit their cost management targets is far below 50%. That's across the board right? And since a lot of them are actually using it to cut costs and not to grow their firm, they have not even put into place, I'm going to try to figure out which cost management efforts could I use that now I can redeploy those assets into some growth opportunity. So since very few of those have actually done that, right, we don't see many of them who have been able to both cut their cost and grow their revenues. But the ones that have done that have done cost management very differently.
1: Right. So what's the main difference? What sets apart those who are able to both cut costs successfully and increase revenues from those companies that aren't able Again,
0: to? Again, the biggest one, they're using new technologies to do this, right? They're not just trying to take, let me take the existing technologies, let me take the existing processes, and let's just try to do them better. Let's try to do them cheaper, right? What they're doing is thinking outside the box. Here's what I have to deliver to my customer to grow, how can we do that? How can we use new tools, new techniques, new completely new cost structures that not only reduce our costs and free up money to, for growth, but in fact, I can use those capabilities to grow things. So it could be, the, and, and here's an example, let's take Amazon, right. okay? You've got digital storage. Well, that's part of their cost structure is we have all this IT infrastructure because you need that for Amazon. But now that I have that capability, guess what I can do? There's a whole new revenue stream where now I start selling cloud services. So if you're a company that starts thinking outside the box, the ones that have been able to both cut their costs, and part of the reason Amazon did this, I need the capability, but it's going to be cheaper for me to do it than to go out and outsource this. So you build that capability. That makes your costs lower. But now I have also a capability that I could take advantage of to grow a whole new business I never thought about. So it's a much different way of thinking about what am I trying to do here? In truth, I'm not trying to do cost management, I'm trying to do profit optimization, right? So if you simultaneously are thinking about when I'm doing this cost management effort, and notice it's not called cost reduction, it's called cost management, right? right? How can I do things that will simultaneously do both of these? And what you see is those people are taking a whole new path in terms of how can we change our cost structure in such a way both that makes us more efficient but allows us to deliver things we could never deliver before.
1: So are there any other examples apart from Amazon, say, in a different industry like finance, where you see the same thing going on in the creative use of uh, digital technology to both manage cost as well as increase revenues?
0: Well, I mean, part of this is if you think about where, where a lot of the cost management is happening, is things you never traditionally thought about, which is overhead and indirect costs. Right where we can start adding robotic process automation, we can start doing things where we never ever thought that we didn't need a person for. Right? I mean, there are new technology. You can do facial recognition. Take an insurance company. One of the big things insurance companies now is basically you can put in technology. They're going to take all those forms. I get the police report. I get the insurance form. They're all in different formats. There's handwriting. So you can train a system to actually do this. Well, then they can process your insurance claim faster, guess what happens? As a customer, I'm much happier if you can process my insurance claim faster. So what happens is you not only cut down on your costs because I can allow technology to do a lot of things we had humans to do, but I could use that for a strategic advantage now by saying, okay, not only do we cut our costs, you as a customer, guess what? When you make a claim and file it with us, we're gonna be able to respond a lot faster. So there's lots of examples there on the kind of things you wouldn't think about kind of the human factor. That not only can we, we automate some of this and do things we don't necessarily need a person, but then strategically we could use that for some other advantage.
1: No, I'll <clears throat> that, that sounds really fascinating. Now, the other result of using more and more digital technology is that you get a lot more data than you, than you did before. And I wonder, you know, what kind of insights into managing costs and you get just through big data and analytics that was not possible in, in, in uh, previous uh, ways of doing things? Any examples of that? Well, I
0: mean, it's the combination of big data. And when we talk big data, it's not just a lot of things I can throw into an Excel spreadsheet. It turns out these days, data could be anything. It could be what's called soft data. Again, people have done facial recognition. That's data, I can see how the person looks. I can see what kind of words you use. So with the technology, one, we can translate a lot of unstructured data into structured data. We can do the analysis. Then we also have the algorithms and the predictive analytics and cognitive technology and machine learning and artificial intelligence. To actually let the computer identify some underlying relationships we never really thought about, right? It may be a whole complex thing. I have to do A, B, C, and D for anything to happen. I never would have thought about that until the underlying algorithms using all kinds of data we have were able to find these relationships. And once I find those, I could see if, okay, in my business, if I implement all of these together – that's where you get the big payback. But what it does allow you to do is identify a lot of underlying relationships that you never would have been able to identify yourself on this.
1: Right. So One of the things you write in the paper is that in the past, cost management was even, often thought of as something that was very tactical. But as a result of some of these changes, it's becoming a lot more strategic and, and uh, allows companies to transform their operating models. Is, is, that, is, is that a fair summary? Of what well, that's
0: completely that? true. Right, I mean, simple little things like are you going to use cloud computing versus am I going to have an IT center? Right, right? right. it completely transforms my business, but it also changes how am I, what strategically what I might do because now I'm not stuck with a bunch of fixed cost. I can decide to adjust how much services. It also allows you to add and subtract things faster. Part of the whole thing with digital is the world is changing a lot faster, so I have to have a company that's responsive to that. Well, if I've implemented digital in my firm. I'm going to be able to adjust things a lot faster than I would if I kind of went with the old tactical, I've, I've come up with this solution, and we're going to stick with it for a long time. So it's the whole notion of, of digital permeating your organization and allowing you to do things either from understanding costs or managing costs that you never would have been able to do. And that's how you can actually move forward and kind of into the digital age is you really have to start thinking digital.
1: Right. Now, what are some of the most important digital cost management solutions uh, involving analytics and cognitive technologies uh, that companies are deploying to uh, do more effective cost management?
0: Well, again, with the second round of the Deloitte Biennial Cost Survey, which we we just have coming back, and they will have a a white paper coming out fairly soon. Maybe we will do a link to that. Mm -hmm. Right. But part of this is saying, okay, what kind of digital technologies have you put in to manage costs? And which ones have, and have they, they met your expectations, exceeded them, or fallen below? And it turns out that the things that have actually exceeded their expectations is artificial intelligence and machine learning. Right, where, again, I can take all the big data, I can use these algorithms, I can get insights I never would have had before. The thing that appears to be falling behind, blockchain. Right? People are trying blockchain partially because you may think of blockchain only as I'm going to go buy bitcoins, but a lot of it is how do I get secure algorithms that allow me to have ledgers? Right? I mean, that's part of what we're trying to do with blockchain. Right. The people that have put that in as part of cost management, the probability that they thought this thing met their expectations was far lower. What, Other things... Why, why is that? Well, I think a lot of people don't actually know what to do with it. It sounds like a great idea. But it's such an emerging field that I don't think, unless you kind of really know why I'm putting this technology in there, and to be perfectly honest, it's not like blockchain provides insights like cognitive and artificial intelligence does, right, that then I could take advantage of. No, it's doing a better way of doing what I did before, which is maintaining ledgers and things like that. So in that respect, it's more like, somewhat more like the old technology. I'm finding a better way of doing the old stuff I did. It's more secure, which is a big thing we care about now because of cybersecurity. right? I can do things more efficiently. But effectively, it is a ledger, which we've always had. Where the difference with kind of cognitive machine learning and AI, it's providing brand new insights that we never had before that we can really take advantage. And I didn't even know I was going to have that. That's why we can exceed expectations. It's delivering a lot more than we ever thought about <clears throat> in terms of information that I could use to transform my business. Uh,
1: what about uh, what impact has robotic process automation had uh, on cost management? Has that met expectations or not really?
0: Generally, most of these have met their expectations. When you look at these, right, whether you exceed it or not, we find those generally they met their expectations. They did not exceed it. Whereas, again, the AI and the machine learning, it, they, they've got a lot more out of it than they thought. So it is paying off in terms of, yes, we put it in there for a reason, right? It is kind of meeting our targets for this stuff. But a lot of that, again, in, in, in the, at least currently, a lot of the robotic process automation and stuff like that has really hasn't taken the step forward of completely transforming our business, We're doing what we're currently doing better, maybe with less people, and we're automating things rather than thinking, how can I fundamentally use this now, now that I freed up these resources, to apply those people to more value-added things? And I think when we take that next step, RPA is paying off in terms of kind of the the tactical view. But I think as we take the next step and people realize, okay, now that I, I can systematize this, again, how could I use that for strategic advantage? And I don't think that's quite there yet.
1: Uh, How are companies using predictive analytics to optimize costs and
0: improve productivity? Oh, this is huge. I don't care which industry you're talking about, people using predictive analytics. I mean, part of it is if I can understand, you know, if I make these actions, what's going to happen in the future? Well, there's really two things that come out of this, right? One is what are the things that drive my costs? I want to understand if I do more or less of this thing, what's going to drive the cost? And then kind of what's the cost of every time I do it? And once you start getting that, the big advantages are, okay, if I understand what my drivers are, and a lot of times predictive analytics comes out of artificial intelligence, I now understand drivers that I didn't understand. Once I understand the drivers, that's what you can manage, the drivers of my cost. The other thing is you could use predictive analytics to say, okay, I can forecast better, Right. right? And if I could forecast better, right, we have to acquire resources in advance. Right? I've got to figure out, I forecast, here's what my demands are on the cost side, here's what my revenue demands are. Right, I go, I go borrow money, I place resources, and obviously if I can't forecast very well, right, I'm going to be spending either too much or not have enough expenditure on resources available. So the better you can forecast, right, the better off. And we've done some work on this where people are doing like stochastic modeling and artificial intelligence mm-hmm. are able to come up with much better management earnings forecasts, both in terms of what our earnings are, when they're going to show up, what our costs are going to be, and how much capital we actually have required. Mm-hmm. So now I could better match my resource demands, my expenditures, because I can forecast a lot better. So these models are really helping us out a lot right. in terms of understanding the dials we have to play with, allowing us to forecast better. Wow.
1: That's that's amazing what surprised you most in this research any 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 surprises
0: i think it, we it really was kind of surprising how many people are now doing this as a growth strategy mm. it is a completely fundamentally different way of thinking about this right. right and how people with this new digital technology the ones that are really embracing this is i'm not just using to improve current productivity mm. right have been able to completely start transforming their business. Now, this is still in its infancy. It is still moving forward. It's a moving target, but I, I, I strongly believe that going forward, this is what people are gonna have to do. We're moving into a digital world. It's a world that's changing a lot faster. We have to incorporate that into our organization. Knowledge is expanding a lot faster, so being able to process more information, but not just processing, I need to translate that into something that's gonna allow me to make better business decisions. And and one of the big things with the big push we have at Wharton is in, in business analytics. Right. The thing that's missing in companies, which you don't need is a bunch of data scientists mm-hmm. that are running kind of a whole bunch of algorithms and something comes out that nobody knows what to do with. Mm-hmm. I think what the companies I work with, a lot of what they're missing is is that business person who knows enough about ha- analytics works right. to say, here's the business problem I would like you to help me with. Right. And then when the data scientists do the, what the data scientists do, and they're very good at it, Something comes out that's actually actionable. And the space we find missing in companies right now, you got great data scientists, right? They do what they do. You get the business people here. But right now, I think the missing link in a lot of companies is the people who know enough data analytics. I'm not making you a data scientist, but enough data analytics to say, here's the problem I'd like you to help me with. And then they can take the outcome from the data scientist and say, how can I use this to make myself better off? And I think that's really what, where we have to get in the next coming couple of years. I don't think it's that far out yeah. if we really wanna take advantage of a lot of these digital technologies.
1: Well, you referred to <clears throat> uh, the next iteration of the Deloitte uh, study a uh, survey is also gonna happen. What does the future look like to you? I mean, what, what, what will the next generation of digital innovation look like uh, for companies that want to think strategically about cost management?
0: I think one issue we're gonna have to deal with, what's the role of people? Okay, because with, with robotic process automation, a lot of what we're doing is taking things we always thought we needed people to do, and we can automate a lot of this. So how is it we can elevate people to their highest valued use? Well, to be perfectly honest, right, it's thinking outside the box. I mean, a lot of this, the, the automation, yes, there is machine learning, it's learning how to do things, but in truth, people are the ones that are gonna be doing things out of the box. So we're gonna have to figure out how do we transform our workplace I was actually reading an article about Stanford University, right? They're big on artificial intelligence and machine learning. All of a sudden in their classes and this stuff, they're trying to bring the people element back because it's gone to a black box, right? right? So I think that to make digital move forward and what the next generation is, we have to figure out what is the role of people here so we we can take advantage of the digital technologies, right? But I don't want to completely give up to that because you're not competitively right, the machine's not going to be able to make your company move forward. You want to take advantage of the digital technologies, and that's what we're going to have to grapple with moving forward when we start doing this.
1: Great. Uh, That sort of covers the questions I had. Are there any other issues that you'd like to emphasize that we haven't talked about yet?
0: Well, again, I I would really push this notion that in our companies, we need people who can can understand digital but can map this into the business questions we have. Right. That's really, if we want to take advantage of digital either on the revenue or on the cost side, right, that's the people we need. We can't assume that the data scientists are going to be able to do this off on their own. Right? We can't assume that the business people who are currently trained without kind of understanding at least what are the tools that are available will be able to capitalize this. And I, w- I would kind of stress that I think this is a capability that companies really are going to have to do. If they want to take advantage of the whole digital capabilities and use that for cost management or revenue enhancement.
1: Great, Chris. Thank you so much for speaking with Knowledge at Wharton. Thank you, McCool.
0: For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.